be simply me, no matter what, nothing else matters. The podcast for personal inspiration, being you again and we much more, simply you, no matter what, nothing else matters. Justin Atherton, former detective and sweat preacher, shares his secrets for men to achieve peak performance and regain their edge. In dealing with countless high stress and voluntary situations, Justin learns that ingratitude in every aspect is the most important factor in whether a man success or fails. With over 14 years of law enforcement, experience in SWAT, investigations, officer training and leadership roles, Justin developed and shared tactics and techniques that helped force the next generation of leaders. After departing the SWAT team, he launched Confidence Unchanged, a company that teaches the same leadership principles to men from any walk of life. From business owners, CEOs and entrepreneurs, Justin has helped men across a broad range of industries build their own peak performance and regain their edge. Now detailing the mindset and principles that enable detectives and SWAT teams to accomplish the most difficult missions, Confidence Unchanged shows how to apply them to any man, family and organizations. The three pillars of the program focus on a specific topic, such as mental toughness, emotional fortunes and the health consciousness, explaining what they are, why they are important and how to implement them in any environment. Powerful coaching and direct applications, confidence unchained revolutionized personal consulting and challenges men everywhere to build their ultimate purpose and keep their edge. Hello, hello, hello people. I'm totally thrilled that I have my next guest here, Justin. Justin, who are you and where do you come from? Hi, Bernadette. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm glad to be here and share with your audience. Um, so my name is Justin Atherton. I'm, I'm from the United States and I live here in Texas. Um, my background is in law enforcement where, you know, I have over 14 years of experience. I've done everything from being in gang intelligence, being on the SWAT team, being a detective and supervisor. And now I work on two aspects. I, I, I work with teaching classes on interview techniques and leadership techniques to law enforcement. And I also have my own um, personal coaching firm where I work with men one-on-one to, to help them uh, better their lives. So mm -hmm. for me, it's, it's a huge topic and I'm so thrilled that I have you here because I'm building up a men coaching men team because in my deepest belief and when I work with men is there are some topics it's, really better when when talking to each other mm -hmm. but and that's my first i don't know how it's in, in your country but in my country is to the world war to the second world war um my dad or the generation of my dad and afterwards they didn't have any dad and there are no role models out there for them and do different stuff and the feminism and however you want to call it the, <laughs> the men are so insecure and they're so confused. And I would really totally into your uh, opinion about this. Yeah, and you know, we have it here in the United States as well. Like you mentioned feminism and the idea of this toxic masculinity to where 
there's a a movement saying that it's not okay to be a man and the 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 normal structure or the normal being um uh, or the ideas around being a man are looked upon as being a bad thing Mm -hmm. and i i don't believe that that's the case you know and and you do have extremes on both ends right you know there is that idea of if you are you know too aggressive if you are you know just saying i'm right just because i'm a man like that is bad you know that's that's a bad idea but also the other aspect of you know men being so afraid to be a man that they're like lost in this idea of like well um you know trying to be more feminine or they're they're kind of you know they get a little lost in their sense of identity you know when they grow up hearing this idea that you know don't be a man don't be toxic like masculinity is is a bad thing so there's i think it does create a lot of confusion for Mm -hmm. some young men growing up not only young men um even i see i mean we're we're in a time of crisis Mm -hmm. and i see it with my dad and the, the the he had a stroke because it was everything way too much sure. and it, it, I always work on the human level and I would be really interested how you actually do your uh, main coaching what, yeah, so there's your, a, yes there's a lot of different aspects that go into it and so I actually focus on three different pillars mm-hmm. I focus on creating mental toughness emotional fortitude and health awareness for my clients mm-hmm. and I, I believe that those three areas really uh, rely on all three and they support each other. And there's, there's certain aspects that, you know, will, will rely on two or even three of those pillars, you know, when you're working through different things and a couple different aspects that I really focus on with my clients. One is about, uh, you know, our vocabulary and the words that we use. And and that's really within the mental toughness. But the one that I think is the most impactful is within the emotional fortitude and really building an emotional vocabulary and and using a specific tool that I pass on to my clients that, that really helps them process out these emotions that we feel rather than carrying them around with you for weeks, months, years, and decades. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably the most impactful tool that I pass on to my clients. Then I would be truly interested, when is a man a man, or how do you see how a man should be? Well, well that's an interesting question, Bernard, like how a man should be. I, I believe that each person should be themselves and be okay being authentic in how they want to project themselves. Don't act like you think a man should act, mm-hmm. you know, act how you want to act because we all have different personalities. We all have different ways of, of being and we should not adjust that based on our society or based on what other people are telling us they think we should and should not do. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's moral codes that we should align within, you know, and not harm other people for our own benefit. But as far as how you should act, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a singular answer for that other than be authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like when I, when I, when I heard or read that, that you're from the sweat team, then mm-hmm. you're from Texas, there comes a picture up. 
Sure. And it, it's so, it's so, I mean, I'm from Austria, like everybody believes that we can yodel and run around with dindle and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, but th those stereotypes are there. Mm -hmm. Those stereotypes are interesting, very, how should I say, but very profound. Sure. When people believe we are from Austria, we are, we are just only eating saka or apple strudel or whatever. And, and people, I'm sure from Texas, you think I'm riding a horse and wearing a cowboy hat. Yes, like Malbo yeah. man. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, and it's interesting. Um, those stereotypes uh, influence communication. Sure. They, 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 when, when we talk about authentic, sometimes those stereotypes are in front of you or in front of the other person because I'm working also very close on communication and, and, and beliefs and identity. And, and there's so many times um, very, uh, they, they, they break, they make challenges really to becoming authentic and go into communication. How yeah. do you see it on, 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 on your side, on your point? Yeah, and, and I think you made a very good point because we do see the world through these different filters that we create, right? And in, it does create a barrier in communication when you start, when you already have these preconceived notions when you're about to communicate with somebody. So like you said, you had a, a, a picture in your head on, on what a, a member of the SWAT team from Texas, right? You know, maybe you expected me to be in a cowboy hat, like you said, the Marlboro man, but we have those ideas and it's not just, you know, culturally, you know, across different, you know, countries, it, it can be in different areas, your different ethnic groups. Like we, we have these preconceived notions and when you go in expecting a communication to, to turn out a certain way, you're, you're, you craft it. You craft that conversation to go in that way by the, the things that you input into the conversation and the pieces of information that you pick out that the other person is saying. Mm -hmm. And so it, I, it's very important to go into any type of communication or interaction with a clean slate and go, mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to go. I know what I'm going to bring to the table but I'm not going to assume what the other person is going to talk about. I'm not going to assume what the other person is thinking about the conversation and just let the you know, conversation happen. Let that interaction happen naturally, be your authentic self and not, and be aware of the filters that we do create, mm -hmm. you know, that those perceptions, those prejudice that we do create in, in conversations. And once you can consciously be aware of them, then you can choose to remove them. Mm -hmm. But most of the time we are not aware of them. Exactly. And most of the time they are really uh, hidden blocks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when I work with women and especially when they desire a man, it's huge. It's huge mm -hmm. out there. And, and for me, it's, it's so sad to see because there are so many brilliant people out there, brilliant men, because I'm working, it's, I grew up with, with men. I'm again as the first woman in a, in a, in a huge area where I work together with men again. And it, it's so, it's so interesting. And, and for me, I mean, you, you're coming, what was actually your motivation to, to go into the sweat team and work and really working in this kind of field? Mm. So, so obviously getting into policing, it, mm -hmm. it's, it wasn't something I, I wanted to do growing up. I never thought about becoming a police mm -hmm. officer. It was just kind of 
you know, somewhere I ended up, you know, I started working in the prison system and I got into the gang intelligence aspect. And then from there, it seemed like a progression to go into policing. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in that world and you want to find a way to, to push your limits or be part of something elite, it, you know, the SWAT team was the next part of that. Cause that's a, it's a small select group of officers that are highly trained. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the team, um, I, I enjoyed my time on the SWAT team. I was, I was a breacher. So I got to, I got to open the door for the rest of the team. That was mm -hmm. my job to open the door. Um, a lot of it may have been like um, looking for that excitement or being that, you know, a little bit of an, an adrenaline junkie and going like, Hey, I, I want to do something exciting. I want to do something that's going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, but that was the same reason that I went to become a detective. I was like, what else can I do? I was, I, I'm, I'm always one to push my limits in every direction. Like what else can I do? What else mm -hmm. can I be a part of? Where can I make that difference? Mm -hmm. There, there, is, there is one question what I actually have in the mind at the moment in the times of crisis is that in, in, in Austria, and hopefully no one is beating it up for that one, but in Austria, the women are holding the system. There are a lot of places out there where women are there and they, like men, destroy and women build up. Mm. I, I, I know this kind of pattern from uh, after World War because women were there to build up again Austria. And, and the system and everything else. And how is it in, in, uh, um, in, the, in the States? I mean, you, we're, we're kind of similar now. We have crisis there. This, mm -hmm. the, whole, the whole system, what we actually knew one year before, it's gone. Sure. And everybody is, um, is having different uh, coping strategies for that. I mean, worldwide, globally, the domestic violence raised. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't come from something, and sure. um, it's it's just different now. And for me, uh, the the women hold up the system. You see them uh, that that um, that you can buy grocery and everything else. All the salespeople are most of the time women and everything else. How is it in the U.S.? How do you perceive it this way? Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's that big of a a gap. Like, mm -hmm. like you're saying, it's a very different, you, the men are the ones destroying it and the women are building it back up. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's even, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sure that people have their opinions out there about women that are helping destroy things. And then there's also, you know, men that are helping rebuild it. So there's, I, I think in the U S it's pretty even mm -hmm. as far as, mm -hmm. you know, the, the genders and how they help or harm the system. <laughs> I don't know if you could um, place one more on the other. I don't. I don't have those, the stats behind that. But um, yeah, it, it definitely is a a shift in how we are dealing with things, and I think it will be very telling in the next year how we do recover yeah. from this. You know, not just in each of our prospective countries, but just globally. How are we going to recover from this and move forward? And what are going to be the changes that are, you know, have been created and are going to carry on moving forward. Mm -hmm. And are we collectively going to be able to, you know, recover from this, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, cause there is a lot of emotional baggage that's coming out of this process. And 
Um, right now in the U.S. with the elections happening, there is a lot of emotional turmoil happening right now. Mm -hmm. And it's all going to come to a head within the next few weeks. Um, so it's we're really kind of in this holding pattern, trying to see what's going to happen and see mm -hmm. how we're going to move forward. And so... So I don't know what's going to happen. I, I would hate to try to predict it, Bernadette. <laughs> no, I think that, that you, you can't, you can't anymore. Yeah. And, and it's such a, a different situation and the, 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 the world is changing. It's shifting mm -hmm. and we will yeah. see in which direction. But, um, it's, but I still, uh, still what, I, what I perceive, and it doesn't matter in Austria or in other countries, we are way much more emotional these days. Mm. And a lot of people become uh, all the, 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 the whole emotions who, who got depressed before or pressed down before it's not possible anymore. Yeah. And especially with men. And that's why I'm so into building up men coaching men team and using gender specific uh, tools to help them is to find solutions for them. Yeah. And, and we, I mean, we women grew up, you are allowed to have emotions. And, and in Austria, it was like, no, 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 man, you're not allowed, you're a man, you're not allowed to cry. Sure. And, and, and this is something what I perceive more and more, that all the emotions coming out, and I think it's beautiful, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. But how do you perceive it? I mean, you're working with men, and you have a different background. How do you perceive it in, in, for yourself? So I think it's a very similar idea with men, you know, growing up, you know, as a young man, you're told that, you know, emotions are bad. Mm -hmm. If you let your emotions come out, you're weak or mm -hmm. you, you messed up in some way. And, and I, I clearly remember thinking that growing up that if I ever felt sadness or anger or fear, oh man, I'm, I messed up. You know, I'm, I'm weak because I let that emotion slip out. Like I need to make sure I have more control over my emotions. And that's a very, you know, prevalent idea, you know, when it comes to men, the, the problem is, is that there is so much science behind emotions and how they come up. Our emotions are involuntary responses, physiological responses to our environment. We cannot control the emotions from coming up in our body. We can't. What we can control are the reactions to our emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's a very clear distinction that a lot of people need to learn. Once I learn the science behind it, I, I laugh at the ideas that I used to have. I'm like, oh, I was just ignorant. I didn't know what I was talking about in reference to emotions. Emotions are going to come up. We cannot stop that. The harder that we push to try to prevent our emotions from coming up, the harder they push to get out. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a way that our, our body and our mind is trying to tell us to, to correct our path. Mm -hmm. It's like you need to change something about what's happening right now. And if we ignore it, those emotions push out harder and they come out in other ways. And so it's very important to identify specifically the emotions that are happening that you're experiencing. And in that way, you're able to process them out. So you're not carrying them around with you for an extended amount of time and taking it on your family or taking it on your coworkers or your kids or your spouse. So it, it's, it's important to build up that emotional vocabulary. And, and that's, 
that's something that I really do focus on. And I find that that is a, a huge deficit in, in everyone, not just men, but, but mm-hmm. men specifically are told that emotions are bad. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the, the tools that I really focus on with my clients. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to hear that from a sweat person. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, in, in your work, you have to deal with your emotions. If you can handle your emotions in, 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 in times of crisis, who else? Well, what's funny is that when I, because I still teach classes to, to police officers, and normally when I get up in front of a group, it's normally like 80 to 95% men, you know, uh-huh. depending on the, the class. And when I get up there and tell them, hey, we're going to talk about emotions, oh no. They, they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong room. We, you know, we're not here for this. We, were, we came here to learn about interview skills or leadership skills. But what they don't understand is how important, you know, acknowledging your own emotions and acknowledging the emotions of others around you, how yeah. important that is to being a leader or, or building that rapport with someone. And luckily standing up in front of the group and being that, you know, former SWAT member detective. And and I have that little bit of street cred (laughs) that they're like, okay, if he can talk about emotions, then maybe we'll listen to it a little bit. Right. So, Uh but it does take a little bit to break down that initial barrier to go like, Hey guys, this is what we're going to learn today (laughs) and get through that and have them understand what an incredible tool this is that literally affects every aspect of your life. Yes, yes. And you, you just talk differently. And, and that's, I think that's made something so, so special for you because of your background. Mm-hmm. And when, when I would talk about emotions, they're like, of course, she's a woman. She's a small woman. That's totally okay when she's talking about it. Yes. Sure. <laughs> and, um, but um, because I'm totally into, into survival and also military stuff and strategies, actually. Um, and I, I, that's why I wanted to have you on the show. Because understanding what it means when you, can con- when you know yourself and all your flaws and emotions, then you can handle and act differently in times of crisis. Yes, for sure. And for me, it would be really, really interesting. Do you have some tips for men out there? Because in my opinion, we didn't have any crisis. The crisis is coming because the economic crisis will come. And how they can handle it. Because for, for us women, we, 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 still, we still have a different point of view. We take care of different people. Uh, we just see differently. Um, and we can deal a little bit more with emotions than men. But men, they are focused most of the time on, on the career. Mm-hmm. Most of the time is what else can I make myself better? So the focus is different. And um, do you have any tips for our audience? Yeah, I mean, for the men out there, you, you have to acknowledge those emotions that come up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you move past them. If you ignore that you're anxious or afraid of something, it's going to hang out with you and it's going to you know, linger into other interactions that you have. Mm-hmm. But if you're dealing with a, a tough situation or maybe some a situation that that is stirring up that anxiety inside of you you have to acknowledge it and go okay what's going on all right i'm anxious why am i anxious oh because of this you know a b and c and then you can go through the process and go okay can i can i affect any change in those 
okay? Can I remove myself from the situation? Or lastly, is it something that I just have to accept? And so acknowledging the emotions doesn't make you weak. Acknowledging the emotions actually makes you stronger. It makes you more able to handle situations. That's why I like to, to call it emotional fortitude. That, that fortitude is your ability to quickly recover from disappointments, setbacks, and failures. And if you don't have that, then when you come across something hard or difficult, you're not going to be able to handle that situation. And I can, I can say clearly in, in SWAT situations I've been in, there is a level of fear or anxiety. When you're, when you're jumping off the back of the truck about to you know, go assault someone's house and you don't know what the unknown threats are that are about to happen, it's there. But you have to acknowledge that emotion and go, all right, I am anxious. Why am I anxious? Oh, because of, there's an unknown here. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. I'm worried that this could happen. You acknowledge all of that and go, okay, now I can move forward rather than butting up against those emotions and fighting it and going, no, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be, well, you can't stop that. <laughs> so acknowledge most of the time. Yeah. Acknowledging most of the time when you are in fear, you're way much more weak mm -hmm. and focused. Yeah. I mean, it has something positive. Actually. Yeah. And, and that's something I talk about. I don't believe that there's such thing as good or bad emotions. Mm -hmm. Emotions are either useful or not useful based on the context of the situation because fear and anger could be useful based on the context of the situation. If someone is trying to, to mug you or rob you, that fear and anger that gets triggered in you is useful to help you fight off your attacker or escape, you know, and just like, the, but there are times that our our emotions are not useful. If you're, if you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off, you know, the initial fear to help you avoid the accident would be useful. But what comes after that, the anger, mm -hmm. when you're yelling at the person in traffic, yo, you cut me off, you're so inconsiderate, like, that anger is not useful. Nope. So those that's when you can realize, okay, some emotions are useful, and some are not, mm -hmm. just like it's probably not useful to be happy at a funeral. You know, if you're the one laughing in the back, you know, that may not be appropriate for the context of the situation. <laughs> I mean, for the dead person, it doesn't matter anymore. But for the, for the other ones, probably not a good idea. Exactly. So it's all. So there's no such thing as good or bad emotions. Mm -hmm. It's it's understanding that they are either useful or not useful based on the context of your environment. Mm -hmm. There is there is one topic because uh, we actually have it uh, the awareness month this year. Uh, in October, it's about domestic violence. Okay. Uh, since um, COVID, it rised, not only right. in Austria, but truly worldwide. Mm -hmm. And and how do you see it from your, I don't know, did, did you, you said you work with uh, people in prison. Did you have like uh, something also connected with domestic violence? So I, I, I haven't worked for the prison system for a long time. That's where I started out in law enforcement. But there, even in the U.S., there has been a rise of domestic violence. You know, since people are being home more often, there's been, there's been a rise of a lot of, lot of different family violence-related mm -hmm. crimes, whether it's, you know, domestic violence, you know, sexual assault, you know, all, all types of different, even suicide. There's so many different things that have gone up. Um, 
and a lot of that has to do with, with people, you know, men and women not being able to handle their emotions. This, this is a stressful time in the world. You know, there are more stressors put on, maybe people lost their job. So financially, you know, all these extra stress and anxiety that's being put on the people, um, this, you know, constant fear that's being pumped out by the media about staying home and the virus and all these things, this works, that doesn't work. Here's this. It's a, it's a constant fear that is being pumped out there, which is creating all of these byproducts Mm -hmm. and, and, and just the overall fact that we aren't taught to have an emotional vocabulary, you know, we aren't taught to to have these skills in in school and in, in any fashion, and so it's important to you know teach yourself or reach out to someone who can teach you this, and to to learn how to process your emotions because mm-hmm. when you're stuck in the house all day long and both you and your spouse don't know how, how to handle your emotions properly, and then you just go back and forth until it escalates into something that's a very bad situation. Yes. So it's, it's definitely important for everyone. I, I can't say that there's anyone that would not benefit from learning about emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. learning about emotional vocabulary. I, I teach it to my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm prepping her early to, to, to grow up with these skills. Mm-hmm. How can people reach you? So the, the best way to reach me is by my website, confidenceunchained.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also on, on LinkedIn and Facebook under Confidence Unchained or um, under my name, Justin Atherton, A-T-H-E-R-T-O-N. So those are the best ways to reach me. And um, if for your audience, if they do go on my website, they um, there's a way to download the emotional matrix. And um, if they type in the, the code confidence one, the number one, then they can get it for free. So then then we will can... see how many people are listening. Yeah, till there the you end. Go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because this one I won't write down, but I will write down all your uh, contact details so that they can reach you. And there is one question which is following me for more than 20 years. Because all my, my friends and women I meet, they have one question. How do I get a guy? How, how is it with, with, with partnership and all this stuff? And I'm, I'm already, it's like a little bit too much already. But it's still the question number one. How do I get a good guy? And you probably heard the, diff, the, the other side when you do coaching with men. And is there any formula out there? I don't know if there's a formula that it, I, this is how I see it. If you put yourself in a good place, if you up your level on how you perform and the energy that you're putting out there, then you will attract the right person for you. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be hunting for a spouse, looking for this person that meets this checklist of everything that I need. Like, that's, that's not how you go out there and find a good spouse. Yeah. It's get yourself right first. Mm-hmm. Get yourself to a level where you know what you expect. You have expectations for yourself. You have standards set for you and the people around you. And that person will find you in your life. Ladies, I hope you heard that. <laughs> because it's coming from a guy, not from me. And because I'm, I'm saying the same. If you are satisfied with yourself, if you align with yourself, when you know who you are, the right person is coming. 
you don't have to do any any tinder or whatever something is out there yeah it's beautiful there is one thing i want to ask you to the end what's your number one quote for be simply me i would say that a lack of integrity is contagious mm -hmm. it's beautiful justin i i'm truly honored i'm very grateful that you were on my podcast, that you're here, that you do your work, what you're doing, because teaching men about emotions and also women, by the way, is something very profound out there, more than ever. And, and we discover ourselves, that's how I see it always, all the time. I will give all your, your contacts there. Please just contact Justin. And I'm pretty sure we will one day see a book from you about the work, what you're doing and all the other stuff. I'm looking forward to it. And thank you very much for your time. Bernadette, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. You simply are more than you think, but feel, see, hear and know.